Vodafone basically broke their promise to me. I mean, they were meant to turn on my Wi-Fi a week ago. Yeah. And after three different times of me calling them and yeah. two different messages in social media, one of which they took five days to respond to, yeah. I finally have an engineer coming out to quote unquote fix fix it tomorrow uh-huh. but i will believe that james when i see it because they have been they've been very disappointing i must i must say and also well, this show is not sponsored by vodafone no not sponsored you have to remember this experience and never trust them <laughs> with the utility that is the internet ever again i mean if i had wi-fi if we were doing this show over wi-fi right now then maybe the show would be sponsored by vodafone but it's not so. it could have been if they said hey i hear you do a podcast <laughs> Uh, here's some money. <laughs> that, that would be ideal. That would be great. But uh, I mean, we could then get a, a whole list of of sponsors who who could get involved in the show in a, ver- a variety of different ways. You know, I just had uh, some crepes, so mm-hmm. you know, get some Hartley's jam sponsorship on there. It was very tasty. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. The thing I'm currently having is some coffee, but my my brother who has not quite moved out yet bought Nescafe. Oh, and I feel vile <laughs> because you know. They're a disgusting company. We were having a discussion, or rather, I was having a discussion with Thomas Hind yesterday whilst watching the Champions League final. Good lad, that Thomas. Let's let's just mention that every time Thomas gets mentioned, you must acknowledge how good a lad he is. He is indeed a good lad. And uh, we were actually having a discussion, which turned into a bit of an argument, which then his fiance asked, do you guys actually enjoy doing this or are you getting wound up? And uh, that's that's the state it got to. Ah. However, I was I was saying I felt sorry for... Neymar, who is a Paris Saint-Germain football player, right? Because his team just lost the Champions League final, right? One of the biggest games of his life, uh-huh. and the boy Neymar did not play very well at all. Missed a lot of chances. Right. His team lost, and at the final whistle, he was very upset. Right. And I said, and "You felt bad for him." I feel bad for him. Right. And Thomas said, "I do not, because Paris Saint-Germain are owned by the Qatari government." Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'm happy whenever any team that's owned by Irando governments here and there lose. <laughs> and particularly because of their use of slavery in terms of the way they're building the stadiums for the World Cup in 2022 and the fact that literally thousands of these workers have died yeah. in horrendous uh, health and safety conditions and yet right. the World Cup is still plowing on regardless mm-hmm. because money. Yeah, He decided he did actually feel, he did not feel bad for him at all right. because of his essentially the owners of the football club yeah but he is he has chosen to play for right scum scumbag the club well i said well if that is the point of view you're taking where do you draw the line because basically every company or sponsorship <laughs> everything is owned by nestle or coca-cola <laughs> well every single one is problematic to a certain extent. For example, the whole Champions League competition is sponsored by Gazprom, which is the Russian oil and gas company. Yeah, Gazprom are scum. Yeah, and they, 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 Schalke are Gazprom. It certainly used to be, but the entire competition, the, yeah. the premier competition for European football, is sponsored by a Russian oil and gas company. Yeah, and the only reason they're doing it is to get some name recognition in Europe so that we like the company, so therefore our politicians won't feel that they need to not be scared of of supporting the company right. because Russia want to build gas pipelines through Europe to avoid putting them through, well, not to, to put them through other parts of Europe rather than their current ones, which run through Ukraine yep. so that they can destabilize Ukraine a bit more <laughs> by not paying Ukraine to pipe their 
guess anymore. So my point was, if you if you are not allowed to feel sorry for Neymar because of who owns his team, surely we shouldn't be yeah. watching the Champions League because it's sponsored by Gazprom. Yeah. Like, where do you draw the line? Yeah, I don't, I don't watch it. I, I, don't I know you don't, but you don't like football that much. Well, I'd like football more if the teams weren't all scumbag and owned by scum, scumbag singular like it's just a it's a hierarchy of people being used and manipulation and all sorts of people getting taken advantage of so that the big the big hats can 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 get their money and like players sure on a, on one level they are the working class still because they are still the commodity they are still being used right but they make enough money that they could be playing for not scumbag teams. They could elect to just go to a lower ranked team, somebody who isn't in an, a league that's sponsored by slavery or a league that's <laughs> sponsored by uh, corrupt but business. You will be very hard pressed to find one, particularly at the highest level. That isn't sponsored by a bank. Well, yeah, the highest or level, yeah. An energy company. That's why they should just leave it. Or gambling. Or gambling, yeah. Gambling's got to go. So, no, no, but, if, but this is the thing. Like, every club in some way has a sponsorship with one of these toxic brands. Yeah. So, so you, I don't think you can, as a, as a professional, as much as it would be lovely to boycott every single brand who were ever problematic or had some sort of issue. Yeah. I just think you would be sh- essentially ending your own career well yeah despite the fact you're one of the most talented players in the world that's neymar by the way not me i suck yeah no it would be career ending for them uh you have to go to the little leagues you have to go down to the likes of scottish football slovenia uh, to get to some teams that are slightly less uh, scummy (laughs) (laughs) so basically neymar is going to join the hips that's what we're saying you heard it here first ideally i mean come rescue livingston please they lost all their good players over the last two years (laughs) Okay, Jim, we're talking about uh, terrible brands who nobody really pays attention to. Welcome to Seesaw Parade, everybody. Hey, episode... we aren't sponsored by anybody, so therefore you can listen to us. Absolutely. Episode 218. I'm Colin and he is James. I am. And uh, yeah, speaking to you once again by the medium of Hotspot. Hotspot. <laughs> brought to you by Virgin. Scumbag companies. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So Virgin are, are providing the internet, but certainly my one. You're on Virgin Internet. I'm on Nestle Caffeine. <laughs> Off to a bad start. Okay, well, anyway, thank you very, very much for listening to the show. Really appreciate it. Of course, you can get in touch at Parade on Twitter, at gmail.com. If you have any reviews you would like to send, any yep. comments of things that we've said, or, of course, you can just directly message myself or James. You're very welcome to do that. Yep. Please tell us all about your ethical shortcomings day to day and how hard it is to avoid being a horrible human being in the capitalist world that we live in. <laughs> but before we start the show properly, can I just give a shout out to Scott Wilson, who handily uh, pointed me to the oh. fact that, unbelievably, James, what The New Mutants what? is actually listed in cinemas no. in scotland no right now no it's happening after i would wager the best part of three years probably four yeah that we've been talking about this movie Man. and it's constant delays and reshoots and rescheduled wow uh, release dates it is actually coming out this week what will you be front in line front row no <laughs> <laughs> Neither will I. I mean, I consider it. It's been such a build-up. I would consider it if it wasn't for, you know, coronavirus. Well, I mean, it turns out that this is not just a running gag. It is actual reality. This film does exist, and it is being brought to you on the silver Man, screen. of course they actually put it out in a pandemic. <laughs> 
yeah. <laughs> the one checkbox they hadn't managed to get for stalling and failing this film was putting it out at the worst time possible. <laughs> where no one's going to see it, and therefore yeah. <laughs> not everybody is going to hate it because they didn't actually get to see it in the first place. I know. Are they going to get any reviews? Probably not. Okay. Well, <laughs> Can't get bad reviews if nobody sees your film. Exactly. Thank you very much uh, for everybody who has uh, got in touch over the last little while. And you can continue to do so, but let's start actually with some uh, movie stuff. We very rarely do this, James. Wow. We're doing it this week. Starting with the film. Excellent. Absolutely. And uh, we're better to start than Robert Pattinson. Oh, I know. What a darling. <laughs> Okay, James, this is the news that The Batman, which again, we have been talking about for a long yeah. time, since it was first mooted, this reboot of a reboot, yeah. has a trailer. Oh, man. This is Robert Pattinson, who is, uh, you would best know him from Twilight, but in recent years has been in very good movies. Yeah. I last saw him in The Lighthouse, which was a psychological horror. Oh, yeah. I'm still haunted by that movie, but he was phenomenal. And you could also see him in Tenet, which is being released. It's Christopher Nolan's new film. He is a supporting character in that. And uh, But here, in this trailer, he is the caped crusader. Oh. So, James, let's have a listen. From your secret friend. Who? Having a clue. Let's play a game. Just me and you. Any of this mean anything to you? The hell are you supposed to be? I'm vengeance. Jimbo. Yeah. Give me your thoughts on this. They done a good Batman, in my opinion, here. Mm -hmm. uh, it feels actually scary and grounded this is this is peak uh -huh. nolan batman but actually better i hope and considering that we all have been told that they only filmed 30 percent of the scenes before the lockdown and they haven't done more filming so this trailer is made from 30 percent of the film at most really yeah, they got so much left to work with, and I'm excited. Oh man! And considering the material that's in, it's inspired by, it's like some of the greatest content from the Batman comics. The, the, they're doing it. They're doing it justice. We got absolutely potentially terrifying Riddler rather than just goofy Riddler, and based off that, we might see actually terrifying versions of the other slightly goofy uh, villains that we're used to kind of just giggling at. Well, just on the note of the production being suspended, you're you're very correct, James. Not that I doubted you for a second. Right. Uh, essentially, the film is looking to resume early next month. So that's uh, essentially next week in the UK. Yeah. The crews have been constructing sets over the last four weeks. And there is mm -hmm. hope that the film could be wrapped by the end of the year. There's still yeah. approximately three months of material left to shoot, which is... Quite something. That's a lot of stuff. So yeah, you're you're right. Actually, if, if this is based solely on things they've shot so far, then wow. Because I'll tell you what. Yeah, I liked this a lot. Really did. Such a good trailer. The, here's here's why it works in in my book, and we'll take you through the the cease operate rules for trailers. Oh, did it give away any of the plot? 
No. Unless you've read the comics. Did it spoil anything? Did it spoil any of the big moments? No. No. Did it tease us enough that I very much want to see this movie? Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. because it just has these glimpses and it's not even things which are fully formed sentences. We didn't even see some of the characters, probably because they've not filmed them yet. Yeah, we didn't see Farrell. Yeah, there was no Colin Farrell who plays the Penguin. There was no yeah. Andy Circus as uh, Alfred, the butler. Yeah. And uh, there was no Carm- Carmine Falcone's character who's been played by John Torturo. So there's a whole yeah. host of people in there who we're yet to see. But in terms of... And big names. Did this trailer get me more hyped for the film than I was before I saw it. Undoubtedly. Yeah. I really like this. Yeah, the feel of the Batman uh, is is great because we've got this less experienced dude and unlike the Ben Affleck one who was just this literal tank walking about <laughs> smashing people, which was cool in its own way, the fight scenes felt more along the lines of what we've seen from something like Daredevil right, yeah. um, on Marvel where it just looks like just people brawling uh, but one of them is just well they're all a bit dressed up goofy and it's actually scary and we've got this crazy looking batman whose whose eyeshadow doesn't disappear when he removes his mask <laughs> which i like the, the difference to me here there's a couple of them is for those of you who are thinking of perhaps the last batman film you saw which may well be the dark knight rises i would not blame you for missing batman versus superman or justice league because neither were particularly good yeah. The difference for me between the Christian Bale Batman, which is the one that I, I'd say, grew up with, mm-hmm. and this one, is that Christian Bale as Batman, when you see him, particularly in The Dark Knight, which is the iconic film, I'd say at the moment, mm-hmm. is that he's a fully fleshed out character. He's clearly been Batman for a long time. He's got these established relationships. Yeah. You've got um, the Commissioner Gordon, who's been the commissioner for a long time as well, and he's being played by a very old Gary Oldman. No pun intended. Whereas here, you've got Robert Pattinson, who, as you say, James, is a fresh-faced young loon who is clearly just starting out as Batman. Yeah. And then you've got our man from Westworld, who is playing Commissioner Gordon, except long before he's Commissioner Gordon, he's just a random police officer. Yeah. So Just going to be the ally. It's taking a, a, a fresh look at the story, which... You know, everybody knows who Batman is, and most people know the iconic stories, but this one... Yeah, we don't need another begins, Exactly, but this, to me, seems to be a a kind of a hybrid of the two with an even grittier version of of The Dark Knight. Because as much as I love The Dark Knight, it still has these kind of visuals and colours which really pop. Yeah. And everything does look slick, and... uh, it does have that sheen and that gloss to it, whereas yeah, here, but it's all it's all high tech sci fi. Whereas this is detective. It, yeah, this is detective Batman. There's things, there's aspects of the the Batman in, in Dark Knight that I don't think we'll see at all in this new version. The other one, the other point I should say, and I forgot about this. The director for this is Matt Reeves. Now, Matt Reeves did the most recent Planet of the Apes trilogy, which if you are yet to see, yeah. I would highly recommend. They came out a few years ago. Somehow, somehow worked. The second yeah. and third films were, I thought were even stronger than the first one. Mm-hmm. And so he's someone who he knows what he he knows his style, and he's taken that fresh approach to 
an iconic character. And whilst there are a couple of moments in the trailer which look a little bit like inspired from other DC movies, it does feel fresh. It does feel yeah. like this is a a new take and not just, oh, it's Ben Affleck's story, but we, we've just updated it for Robert Pattinson. It does feel new. And that's what I really liked about it. Yeah. Well, they're, they are pulling from safe material. This is an established character arc or an established story in the comic books and you can read the full graphic novel and enjoy it very much between now and when the film comes out and i'm sure you'll still you'll just enjoy the film even more james there was one more trailer this week unless you've got anything further to add about batman himself let's just talk about it more when the next trailer comes out we've got like a year left before the film's on there is one more uh, trailer which was released this week it's another one for tenet which as mentioned is out yeah, this man. Wednesday in the UK, it's Christopher Nolan's long-awaited new movie. Uh, let's have a quick listen to this. One of these bullets is like us, travelling forwards through time. The other one's going backwards. Can you tell which is which? How about now? Why does it feel so strange? You're not shooting the bullet. You're catching it. Whoa. James, before I ask you... Let me just add here that I have bought my tickets to see Tenet. Ah. Because, and we'll get to this later in the show, cinemas are reopening in the UK, or they certainly are. in Scotland. They are. Are reopening in the in Scotland on the 26th, which is Wednesday. Indeed. So, James, I am going to see Tenet. I will be wearing my face mask mm-hmm. because, as we've discussed, I am very much looking forward to this movie. And yeah. I would very much like to see it. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, first of all, what do you think of the trailer? It's just another Nolan... I have got no idea what's going on or what this film is actually going to be like. Excellent trailer. I loved it. Okay, let me disagree. Oh! Because I felt for this trailer, I have now seen too much. Mm, Okay. Seen too much, James. I know this film is, I want to say, close to three hours long. Uh, that would be a, a, a rough estimate to me, maybe 2.45. Right. And I feel like I know what the plot is and who each of the characters are without actually watching the film. Let's hear your guesses. Okay, so here is here is my guess then. Yeah. Kenneth Branagh, who is a longtime Nolan favourite, he was very good in Dunkirk, yeah. is playing a bad Russian because there's not enough of them in movies, James, to tell you what, the Russians just... You know, you never see them cast as bad people. It yeah, just I mean, doesn't happen. No, they're always, they're always stereotypically the, the people that like, just serve you a cup of tea and have a nice little chat. <laughs> Absolutely. Just with some polonium. An actual it. real stereotype. Um, but, you know, films, Russians, <laughs> okay. bad. So here's Kenneth Branagh doing a, a bad Russian accent with Elizabeth Debicki, who is best known, I would say, for her role in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, but has also been cast as Princess Diana in the new series of The Crown. Mm -hmm. She is playing Mr. Russian's on-the-fence love interest. Right. And the Russian man, Kenneth Branagh, is somehow involved in (laughs) World War III. Right. And so John David Washington's character, the protagonist, is being sent to the future... To stop him. Nah. And to do that, he must infiltrate his love interest, Miss Elizabeth Debicki. Right. <laughs> infiltrate his love interest. Sorry, wow. that is the wrong turn of phrase. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, That's all. I'm just going to leave it there. Yes, infiltrate her circle of trust. <laughs> her circle of trust, absolutely. <laughs> and so Robert Pattinson, he's a busy man this week. He is showing up as essentially his like 
Sideman, his sideman, his wingman, his wingman, his wingman, <laughs> his wingman, who's who's like the expert on the job, but is also there to help him out, and uh, and that's his role. He's going to be, he will be the the Tom Hardy Inception character, right? Who is like really smart, but was also there to espouse parts of the plot, yeah, and also was like kind of funny because of experience, just- humor, posh. Yes. That's it. I mean, Tom Hardy in Inception is one of my favorite characters of all time. Not because it's particularly well acted, but just because no, I want to, like, I want to be that guy. I want to hang out with uh, Ames no, from a very fun character. Inception. Anyway, that's my, that is my surmising of the plot. Sure. And that is how I expect it will go. And it could go like I that. Will, I will have my review for you next week. Yeah. I just felt like this trailer showed me too much. I, I felt like gave away too much. I don't, I don't. I think they had to give away more than they were because people were not getting why things are going forwards and backwards. Okay, basically the audience is about thick. So they had to. They had to spell it out for us. Things go forwards and backwards, and we're trying to find out what's going forwards and backwards, and that's it. They've told us that really. There's. I think it's going to be a a very different film to what we expect we're in i'm expecting um some story interweaving kind of a thing so some backward story and some forward story going at the same time okay and then there's also Th- going to be items in the film going backwards and forwards at the same time we might see the end of the film in the middle for all we know <laughs> so like because i'm not saying hey the whole film's a mystery it's nolan none of his films are really mysteries in that sense but it's more how they're going to tell the story that's a mystery. Yeah, I would agree with that. And if you've seen any of Nolan's previous films, we've talked about The Dark Knight already, but besides that, which was essentially a, a by-the-numbers comic book, it was very, very well done, but there, there's nothing really complicated to it. Yeah. But anything else, like Inception, or particularly Memento, which is done backwards, mm-hmm. which is mental, and I love it. It's amazing. The Prestige, which is... One of my favorite films of all time. I do need to rewatch it. I do think it's very, very clever. So good, yeah. And uh, even more recently, Interstellar, which dealt with some wild concepts and actually did it fairly well. Yeah. With Matthew McConaughey, who I do like a lot. Yeah. And then Dunkirk, which again, told things. It had multiple things happening at different periods of time, all interwoven together. Perspectives that were going at different time rates yeah perspectives that were traveling th- um, through the story at different rates so so i don't know do i expect this film to be told in linear structure absolutely not exactly will it require multiple viewings probably yeah however the first point. one's happening on wednesday and that is i'm looking forward to that immensely yeah i hope to see it sometime i'm, I'm not going to, i'm not going to cinema during covid uh, to, before we discuss other movie things did you see this week, James, oh. that it has been confirmed Mulan is not getting a UK cinema release. It is only being released <laughs> for 29 quid wow, on Disney+. Plus. They bumped it down to the cheeky 29. <laughs> well, I mean, it was it was $30 in the States. I'm pretty sure it's now just 29 quid in the UK. So, you know, they knocked off. I know, they actually didn't. No, they, they, they actually added it for us, really. So, uh, yeah, I will certainly oh, not man. be paying for that. I'll never see it ever never going to see it and probably I'm going to be better off for not seeing it the thing is though when we saw the trailers for Milan we both did enjoy them so the trailers look great it looked like they were making an actual effort not to just do a lazy live action make of of a film yeah because Mulan's a bit out there with some of the content 
um, they couldn't just CGI a, a tiny little dragon probably and make it actually fun. Um, but just the way the production goes and the way Disney's making the decisions, then also the 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 kind of pro pro CCP comments from the lead act lead actor. Yeah. Yeah, the Cyrus the uh, the desire to see it. Okay, James. Before we move on to actual news, let me ask: Have you watched anything over the last week? Over the last week, not really, but over the last few weeks, yes. Hey, okay. What would you like to share? The TV show you've got or the film? Film, TV show, or film that I've got. I'm going to start with a TV show because okay. I've probably got more to say about it. I watched Watchmen. Watchmen. I had to Watchmen. I had to purchase it. I watched Watchmen. I had to purchase it because it's kind of hard to watch it. I couldn't figure it out myself. And I was like, it's not that expensive. So I bought it. I've got it. It's great. Fair enough. Um, overall, an excellent TV show. Can you give just the, the listeners an overview of what Watchmen is? Because they may yeah, just be thinking so, of the film from 2005. Yeah. You, you, it basically, it's a follow-up story to the film, kind of, but more the graphic novel. Because the film diverges a wee bit. Uh, on the plot towards the end. Um, so we're just jumping forward a wee bit in time after the story of Watchmen, wherein there's a bunch of people who are not usually super powered, but more just crime fighters who wear masks and have technology and stuff. Okay. Or just a wee bit of strength or are really creepy. Yeah. Um, we're jumping forward to re-enter the story in a specific location that is Tulsa, um, where there was, as we have actually talked about recently, uh, uh, a race riot of sorts where um, there was a massive killing and attack uh, towards black people in the community, in wealthy in particular black people in the community. Um, so the story is kind of interweaving uh, a whole lot of stuff into a very present day issue of just racism and whatnot and white supremacy and whatnot um, with masked police and police brutality with, um, again, some characters and storylines that hadn't quite been finished in Watchmen and trying to resolve them. Um, the focus is on one character who isn't one of the Watchmen originally and the Watchmen are more just background characters who play small parts here and there or are only mentioned here and there um trying to she's she is a policewoman trying to figure out what's going on in the community um overall and it's kind of hard to talk about because it's pretty high level concepts yeah too much going on to really condense overall episodes one through six i think there was eight episodes if not one through seven if there was nine the first few episodes excellent I was super interested. I couldn't uh -huh. stop watching it. I was watching watching episode after episode after episode just to figure out what was going on, how they're going to tie everything together. Yeah. Um, they're doing really intelligent story writing, really intelligent exposition. They they gave us, they even managed to make flashbacks work wow. in a way that I didn't expect. Uh, I usually hate when they're just like, hey, here's exposition through the form of flashbacks, but they made it a story point. Okay. They, they tied it really well into what's actually going on. Um, but then the last two episodes, they didn't lose me, but they're, they're far more mediocre. The resolution is, is a bit meh. Okay. Out of thumbs up, how many thumbs up do we get? It's a solid thumbs up. Yeah. Highly recommend. Definitely watch this. One of the best TV shows I've seen right. in, in years. 
we're not up there with The Wire, but it's one of the best TV shows I've seen in years. In terms of the medium for like superhero-esque content or like vigilante content, great, excellent. I'm glad there's not going to be more though. Right. Because they they just kind of lost me at the end. There were some story elements that weren't well done. They introduced a character that didn't go well. They had this an entire... Um, character doing stuff all on their own for the whole s- series and then they kind of just came back at, at, to the actual main story at the end and were really insignificant and I was like why did we waste our time um, okay I feel like it would have been better if it wasn't in the Watchmen universe <laughs> and it was just a story okay they, they changed a couple if they changed a couple of the concepts um, and detangled it from Watchmen it would have been great but trying to tie it into the Watchmen at the end became a bit of a weakness for me right but before we just just before I get your film review let me jump in with my TV show of the week yeah because I finished Umbrella Academy season two. Oh, you did it right you haven't seen this yet have you I have not seen it yet. Okay, so I will attempt to keep my spoilers as light as possible, and I will be, uh, I will sum- succ- succinctly, I'll try that again, I'm going to succinctly summarize the series. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> right. My complaint about season one was that the tone was all over the place. Right. Whereas, I think in season two, it has found its feet more. It's... Ooh. Okay. It does have its elements of, of lightness and darkness, but it's far more geared towards this is a show where you're going to have fun as opposed to right. this show is trying to be dark and broody and something it's not. Right. The characters and the cast, they know their own characters better mm-hmm. than they did in the first one. And so they really lean into certain aspects of it. I think Robert Sheehan is tremendous. I feel Ellen Page uh, is excellent as ah. the lead actress in the show. She is the first named actress on the, the call sheet and I believe she earns that. Good. So... Uh, Here's the thing, and similarly to your Watchmen review there, episodes one through seven, loved it. I thought this show has really got its groove going. And then there's a there's a moment, and you'll know the moment when you see it, when right. a certain character finds his, his own self right. back in the 60s, which is where they are, he finds his own self, and you'll know the moment, I'll tell you, when you watch it, and that's the moment the show just, just starts to go downhill. And mm-hmm. as soon as the moment happened... As soon as the comment was made, I sighed. And I thought this is very disappointing that this show oh. has had to rely on this certain trope oh. for humor oh. in this series because it was going so well. Right. And then, I'm going to avoid spoilers, mm-hmm. the season ends, as you would expect, with a cliffhanger. Right, yeah, just like season one. James, do you remember my complaint about Stranger Things? And every end of Stranger Things. Do you recall what my complaint was? Yeah, always, always adding a new cliffhanger and trouble for the crew. And I just want the guys in Stranger Things to be okay. I just want them to have right. a good life. Okay. Right. So this show reminded you of that. It, and honestly, <laughs> the end of this season, it finished and I just went, no, why? Right. Why can you just yeah. bring them back to where they were meant to be and not just add another wrinkle to this? I understand why they did it because it's a popular show. It's a good show. Yeah, you gotta keep and you it gotta going. keep it going. I know that, but I'm just tired. Like I just want it to be done. Yeah. I want them to get back to where they were for things to be okay. But no, we gotta prolong this show. I'm sure we'll have another season, probably in 2022 at this rate. And whilst I will watch the show. I just wished that, A, 
the final two episodes were better because I wasn't really satisfied with it. And also that they just gave the characters a happy ending. Is that so much to ask, James? Is it? <laughs> you do really want your happy ending. I just I just want resolution. I just want resolutions that don't feel a little bit lazy. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's what I want. It's not so much a happy ending. It's a resolution. Yeah, an and, actual resolution would be nice. Same with same with Watchmen. Yeah. And it's just and they just don't get it. Like some of the characters do, and that's fine. One of my favourite characters from season one is written out in the opening five minutes, and it sucks. Oh. Anyway, that's a, a very minor quibble. Okay. So, please do watch the show. I know Izzy has a review, but she also has a newborn child, so she may be may a little a bit behind with her review. But my goodness, like, right. I would be really intrigued to hear what you think. Yeah, tell her, I'll try and storm through through that if you storm through Watchmen, and we can do re-reviews pretty soon okay. where we can spoil everything. Absolutely. Right, before we move on, James, quickly hit me with your film review. I watched Knives Out. Hey. You've already you've already talked about this in the show, I believe. I did last year when it came out. It's a film by Ryan Johnson. It has a brilliant cast, Daniel Craig as the lead detective, and everyone else is running around in a whodunit caper. And I thought it was great. James, what do you think? It was a caper indeed. That's about it, though. It was it was pretty superficially a caper. I don't think it had quite as much depth as people are giving it credit for. I do like that it didn't just do the usual detective thing. It didn't just do the usual routine. We were seeing things from a different character's perspective. Yep. We were seeing f- some of the failures um, directly and some indirectly. We were getting given the clues. Everything that we needed to know to figure it out, we were given, which for me is always a check. Um, a big positive for a for a detective based anything. If we've been given enough clues as the audience to pay attention and know what's going to happen, excellent. Um, which is why I hate Sherlock the TV series. Right. So my uh, question, James, is: Did you see the the ultimate reveal coming? Because I, being a unobservant person, yeah, did not. No, I I saw it coming. I thought that they were trying to throw it out as a wee red herring because it was too obvious in the beginning. But it was a double red herring because they, they were. It was the, the, the red herring was the obviousness, I guess. Um, but I, I think that they should have spent more time with the the characters that didn't get quite as much time as uh, as the main few. The family and their dynamic carried a lot of the scenes, wherein they're giving us clues as just how scummy they actually are. Yeah. Even though they present themselves as really friendly and really nice, and I loved all of those moments where you just got a little clue as to oh they are the worst. Oh, I don't like them. Um, and it was well written. It like it was funny at times. Um, I don't think it was like touching at times. I don't think they quite got the. A detective making the judgment call to let a thing happen kind of a feeling that some you know Sherlock novels got or that some Poirot yep. TV series got um, but it definitely for a Johnson film way up there <laughs> far better than the worst I've seen of his not quite at the best I've seen of his but I would I would watch more of this I would watch more of this uh, style um, it was it was great Okay. I'm not, I'm, it, I, I am very pleased. Final review for the week, and I have James, much to my own chagrin, restarted my Marvel watch along. Hey! And it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which is getting all oh. the shadows today. Everything's interwoven today. So, mm. this is from 2016. It was James Gunn's second Marvel movie, and it's his second uh, Guardians film. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, James, mm-hmm. I, once upon a time, thought that this film was very, very good. Right. <laughs> right. 
I no longer share that view. Right. Because having watched it back with clear eyes and with, you know, watching it myself as opposed to a packed cinema, Mm -hmm. realize this film is not funny. No. It is painfully unfunny. Yes. In fact, there are, I think, two moments in the entire movie which actually made me laugh. Mm-hmm. One of which is a visual gag, and the other one is Yondu comparing himself to Mary Poppins, which does tickle me, I must say. It is a good little tickle, yeah. The rest of it is just, like, within the opening few minutes, they have made turd jokes, mm-hmm. they have made dick jokes, mm-hmm. they have made jokes which are meant to get, like, a laugh out of you, and just don't. They're just, it's just uninspiring terrible dialogue yeah they, they, and they turned the humor dial from subtle to punch in the nose right and i never want to be punched in the nose ever the, it, the film in terms of its humor in terms of its character interplay it lost all of the nuance and all of the subtlety that the first movie had this is the flanderization i told you about all which along. is really frustrating you take the tiny little good bits of a character and you make that the entirety of the character and suddenly the character is obnoxiously bad so rocket for example who's the raccoon played by bradley cooper yeah or rather voiced by bradley cooper i'd be impressed if he was playing a raccoon <laughs> but <laughs> there are as you say elements of his character which are now turned up to 11 and he's just the worst guy before, yeah. he was like a bit of a lovable rogue who did the occasional he's bad just a bit thing. Selfish. But now he's just. Yeah. I watched it and just did not like him at all. Like, how we liked the part where he stole somebody's prosthetic leg for no reason. Haha, let's make him do everything for no yep. reason. Haha. And Drax, uh, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Oh, Drax just gets, t- yeah, he, destroyed. He is just an idiot. He is a total idiot. Whereas in the. In the first movie, he has that character depth. He just doesn't understand metaphors, and the rest of the time, yeah. he plays it straight. Whereas this this movie, they just say, you know what, Drax, just be a total moron, and you and that's absolutely yeah, fine. Just be a raging ball of idiots. There are, there is very little re- redeeming about this movie, but I do have a few points. Kurt Russell is excellent. He does his job as uh, Chris Pratt's yeah. would be father. As well as you probably could expect in a Marvel movie. I think the visuals are good on the whole. Like, it does look really great. And there's some nice stylistic touches. And uh, For the most part, yeah. The only other point is that Nebula, played by Karen Gillan, does get a little bit more depth to her character than she did in the first movie. She was very much Mm -hmm. uh, a sketched secondary antagonist in the first one this time she gets more uh, backstory a bit more history and there's more conversations uh, more conversations between her and uh, gamora played by zoe saldana and that does flesh out the character and she's given even more in the coming movies so those points aside i thought this was pretty bad it actually Mm -hmm. should be much lower ranked on the list of, like, best Marvel movies, because it's nowhere near the best. It's on the lower half, easily. I, I don't ever want to see it again. I'm sure I will one day, but I, 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 I haven't felt a desire to revisit that film since my first watch. We can, we can, you can cut my Watchmen review down to the one sentence that made sense. James, let's uh, James, let's talk some actual news, shall we? Okay. There hasn't, off, I'll be honest, there hasn't been a lot. I mean, the exam stuff has really dominated. 
In the UK, yeah. In the UK. But there has been other things happening across the world. So we're going to start across the pond and with the news that Steve Bannon, who is the former Trump advisor, has been arrested and charged with fraud over a fundraising campaign Mm -hmm. to build that wall on the US-Mexican border. Mr. Bannon and three others are accused of defrauding hundreds of thousands of donors Mm -hmm. in the We Build the Wall campaign, which raised $25 million. The US Department of Justice said that Mr. Bannon received more than a million dollars, at least some of which he used to cover personal expenses. Yes, no Uh, surprise. All four have entered not guilty pleas. Oh, sure. And uh, he himself was arrested arrested on a 150-foot yacht. Wow. Uh, Tell me, first of all, your your reaction to this and what you believe the response of Trump supporters would be to this story. Well, you know, since people who have who were involved in the Trump campaign 2016, that is, who knows about the next one, uh, have had a pretty good, I believe, 100% representation of breaking the law at some point. I am not surprised that Bannon is among those that are breaking the law at some point. Okay. I think that the list of people who had high up positions within the campaign and within Trump's initial few months uh, in office that haven't since been arrested for something or other is getting very short. Um, it is. Bannon, no surprise that he also, just like... Uh, Trump before him uh, funnels donations into his own expenses wallet. I believe this will have zero impact on the followers of the cult. <laughs> yeah, do you? I was going to say, do you expect this to have any sort of impact whatsoever? No, they'll be like, well, this Trump fired him, so therefore he knew he was a bad guy, and that somehow is going to be good logic for them. Uh, talking off the campaign, and I know this isn't in the running order here, James, but before we get to Biden, oh. Trump announced today that, uh, or rather, sorry, I'll rephrase. The news from the Trump camp today mm-hmm. is that the president is considering fast-tracking oh. a vaccine which is being trialed by AstraZeneca in the UK in collaboration with Oxford University right? in time for the election. Ah, so he's letting us be the saviors this This time. is despite the fact that the trial is yet to hit its quota of testing and the expectation... Yeah, don't, don't fast track it. The expectation is that the vaccine or any vaccine will at its earliest be ready for mass consumption next year. Yeah. Not, not that you'd be eating vaccines, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, don't eat the vaccines. They won't be so effective. Um, I, I, I think at this stage, they, they're they pretty, I, I hope, certain that the vaccine at least isn't horribly, disastrously um, fatal, <laughs> you know? Right. So hopefully, if there are no long-term secrets <laughs> that are de- like bad and haven't been ironed out, if Trump It's a did, pretty big hopefully, James. I know, huge hopefully, if there's no long-term effects that we haven't seen yet in the testing um fast track and it will at the worst just be ineffective <laughs> but, but it's trump it, it's probably just a disaster this this um, to me james sorry this to me seems incredibly risky yeah it's a desperate move for a desperate camp to try and do a thing 
to make the numbers really good in time for the votes. Yep. Okay, and well, there's no actual motivation aside from selfishness. The Republican convention is due to happen this week, but the Democratic one happened last week. Uh, yeah. uh, Joe Biden, who is now the officially minted Democratic White House nominee, uh, gave his speech, which was uh, much was actually covered and praised by. People on both sides of the aisle, which I was surprised about. Well, yeah. But he uh, he said that the U.S. President Donald Trump had cloaked America in darkness for much too long, yeah, it was... and that his rival has unleashed too much anger, too much fear, too much division. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Biden, who is seventy-seven, Oof. is still currently leading the opinion polls against Mr. Trump. Yes, and um, with with less margin for error, by the way. Did you see the um... speech, James? Did I see the speech? I saw the speech. Was I surprised that the speech was basically a Hollywood script? No. It was the most but, but, cliche but thing I have heard in a long time. Right. But people liked it. People love cliche. It's going to work. I wouldn't write it, and therefore I would fail as a speech writer. No. But, but clearly, if you, if you are unswayed, unmoved by it... Then clearly you weren't alone, but this did this did seem to be generally the feeling was that he, he knocked out of the bar. Yeah, people are gonna love it. People are gonna love it. Um, because because all of these cliches and all of these sayings that everybody can draw out of a hat and put in a speech, we we attach ourselves to them very easily. We hear a thing we're familiar with, and we're like, yeah, that's true. Even if it wasn't true, which for most of them it actually is true, even if it wasn't, just the familiarity will give us a, a feeling of comfort. Um, fortunately in this instance, but really not very fortunately, um, he didn't have to tell lies. Everything is really bad, so just be good. <laughs> so the speech, 10 out of 10, they got the good headlines on from all sorts of people. I would say the campaign slogan, if I have heard the right one, is a disaster What's that the needs to be I think I may be wrong here. Do 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 mail us if I am wrong. <laughs> the one I have heard is build back better. Uh, well th- yeah, that looks to be that's certainly Joe Biden's jobs and economic recovery plan. I'm unsure if I'm yeah. unsure if that's the actual official slogan. Yes, because well, maybe it's just going to be Biden. It's also been used in other ones, like the United Nations used "Build Back Better" in 2015. Looks like <laughs> the UK coronavirus recovery campaign is also "Build Back Better." So there's certainly a few. Oh, of course, it is. If yeah, they, they probably asked the same expert group and paid them a million to come up with the slogan. It's just trash. tell you what, I need to I need to build my back better because I've only had this chair for two days, and the last three weeks I've been working on a couch, and my posture has gone to the dogs. My I mean, back hurts. Get, get Biden on it. He, he can get him he on can, it. He can do it for you, Biden. Come on over. <laughs> I, I mean, I did uh, actually have Graham stand on my back last Friday because I th- oh that does that does good. I, I, I genuinely I was like this might help, and it kind of did for. Yeah. A little while. <laughs> no, it does. Um, but no, so maybe it's not the slogan. Hopefully it will be something a bit more meaningful, something more direct. No, not, not even meaningful, but just something that you could actually put meaning into. Get behind. Right. That is succinct. One more story from the US world of politics. Kellyanne Conway, the longtime Trump advisor, is resigning. She's standing down from her post. She has decided that actually she needs to get out of politics, needs to spend more time with her kids. Her daughter, I don't know if you've seen this, James, her daughter has been an incredibly vocal critic of her own mother on Twitter and has been going viral due to the tweets she's been sending. And this, it would appear, certainly has a role to play in it. 
It turns out that uh, I was unaware of this. Kellyanne Conway's husband is very much involved in the Lincoln Project, which is a fierce anti-Trump campaign. Yeah, right now the Lincoln Project, I can support what they are saying, but what they are, their overall goals of returning back to the norm, uh, not so commendable. Let's do better right. than the norm, please, Lincoln Project. Okay, so so any thoughts on Kellyanne Conway stepping aside? Well, anybody who at one point in our life was a vocal Trump supporter and just free advertising mouthpiece for the dude and is now stepping aside to focus on anything else, I consider that a win. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, pro- I believe it probably is heavily due to tensions within the family. Massive amounts of disappointment from the kids, massive disagreement from uh, the spouse. I'm not saying that if your spouse disagrees with you, you need to just stop arguing and and listen to them. But I'm sure the tensions at home uh, became something that just wasn't worth uh, continuing to to lie through your teeth in front of everybody and to try and pretend to support somebody um, anymore. A couple more international stories before we finish up closer to home. Uh, Vladimir Putin's uh, essentially corruption fighter and ultimate nemesis, Alexei Navalny. Yeah, he's opposition leader, yeah. He's currently fighting for life in Germany after allegedly being poisoned whilst at an airport travelling to Moscow. Really weird. I wonder who would want to poison him. (laughs) Strange, isn't it? What was I saying about Mm. bad Russians earlier? Anyway, uh, Navalny was allegedly poisoned after drinking a cup of tea at Tomsk Airport. He then boarded a flight to the Russian capital but fell violently ill en route. He was taken from the aircraft on a stretcher, uh, diverted to the city of Omsk, and the opposite. Sorry, I should have said he is the opposition leader. He's not just a bad he guy. He's not just the, yeah, sorry. Yeah. He's not just the nemesis of the bad guy. He is the actual opposition leader. And yeah, yeah, he's not just like a blogger. No, exactly. Which would still be terrible. But anyway, he's the opposition leader, and he was rushed to hospital. And after that, a charity in Germany said, "Hey, we want to take this guy off your hands and take him to Germany." And his family. Navalny's family also said, "Yes, that would be great. Can we please get him out of the country?" Mm-hmm. And the Russian doctor said. No, mm, you can't. Yeah, it was suspicious. He's got to stay here, and only after he has to stay here for reasons. Yeah, only after more than twenty-four hours of him being in there, uh, what did they finally release him? He's now in Germany in intensive care. Yeah, just James. Are we surprised by this? Putin doing Putin things. Like if he did it himself, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, it's it's super scary. Not for me personally. I don't think I'm ever going to have a voice uh, loud enough to make people want to <laughs> seek retribution. Uh, but it's just scary how in so many countries in the modern world, you can oppose something evil and still be such an easy target for them. Like, it's mad. And of course, it's due to the things he is opposing that he has come down on well. It wasn't just a random illness. I believe... The state media was trying to say, or maybe the doctors were trying to tell us, all he just drank too much. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I don't see too many people drink themselves in one sitting into the ICU, um, into a respirator, yeah. out of the blue, in an airport. <laughs> um, Especially tea. But it's just, it's just scary. I, I feel for anybody who, who has the courage to stand up and oppose this style of leadership or this corruption in any of these countries, I feel 
I feel huge uh, amounts of appreciation and uh, like inspiration. Like genuinely, they they, they are so strong willed. One final piece of Russian news. Yeah. In something that surprised nobody, uh, it turns out that the president Vladimir Putin did indeed order the 2016 hacking of the Democrat accounts and the release of Hillary Clinton's emails. Wow. Um, that's according to the Republican-led Senate panel. So, yeah, James, they, they it turns out that Putin did the hack after all. Oh my, Who knew? Oh my goodness, Putin did it. And even though Trump told us that he definitely didn't, I'm so surprised. And wait, it turned out that he was also uh, getting in contact with people within the Trump campaign. Oh my, I can't believe Incredible. that this is true and that the Republicans knew about this the whole time and they still didn't impeach Trump or they still didn't not undo the impeachment of Trump. The Senate and the Republicans in it have known this stuff. This is just the first report that's gone public. Right, but the, the, the report also found that there was no collusion, which is the phrase that Trump was pushing. No collusion. Yeah, no, right, no collusion, yeah. <laughs> we didn't have anything that directly said. All we have is, like, endless amounts of, like, eyebrows getting raised. <laughs> Little secret handshakes. Um, but no, the, 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 the corruption is clear. Um, the the alignment is clear, and the fact that he's asking for it to happen again uh, just makes it clearer. Um, it's no surprise to anybody. It's no surprise that the Republicans are not going to do anything about it. They haven't, and they won't. Um, if you are in America, make sure to vote. Uh, make sure to vote down ballot as well. Don't forget, because unlike here in the UK where you vote for local reps in America, you get you get to vote for all sorts of things on the one ballot. So don't just do the, the, the first couple boxes. Do the whole lot. Make sure you're voting for everything you can. James. Jim's... Sw- sorry, James Jim's. Jim's... James, swimming pools and indoor sports courts are going to reopen oh. next week in Scotland on August 31st. Wow, and nothing nothing will go wrong. So Nicola Sturgeon told Holyrood she was bringing forward the reopening of these facilities, which Ooh. were previously expected to open in September. There had been a lot of criticism that pubs and other places where people are in close contact close had reopened quite some time ago. Yep. But gyms, where people often train solo, yeah. were not. Close them all. Okay, so I understand, and we've talked about this before, the need for at least some of these facilities to open up. You yeah, know, as much yeah. as I am going to see Tenet, do we really need cinemas to reopen? Well, <laughs> that's debatable. People, yeah. of course, can get their entertainment other, uh, other ways, and I know that employs a lot of people that being said is it a absolute crucial part of society no no are gyms okay now we're like well there's an argument to be made the health of the nation and the economic side as well i don't care about that so there is a fine balance to to be found i get that james do you feel that this is the right move though i feel i would have opened gyms before i opened bars and pubs as would i so I don't, I don't think it's time to be reopening things yet since we're seeing the rate of infection still still creeping up. And while numbers are creeping up, we probably shouldn't add more things to the list of things that are going to make the number creep up faster. Yep. But um, I think they did it backwards. Gyms should have been open before bars and pubs. Um, so uh, I, I kind of just hard disagree with everything right now. Nicola... <laughs> 
there have been Come on. there have been some spikes, as you say, James. There was the news today that 17 staff at one school in Dundee and two pupils have contracted COVID. Oof. And Man. now the government is in final conversations or final discussions with teaching unions to get school kids to wear face coverings in schools. Oh, I believe just oh, in corridors. If kids keep those on. And communal areas. That's that's the idea. Man, kids in abiding by rules. Come on. We are we expect far too much from the children. They are a bunch of goofs. <laughs> They'll be swapping masks for a giggle. Do you yeah uh, the thing is though, James, schools you know, they had to reopen. They were going to reopen. For the good of the economy. So, well, more for the good of the education of the kids. No, it's, no. The, the, the politicians don't care about education. Not really. They care about getting the no, that's, kids that's in school unfair. so the parents can go back to work. No, there is a balance. Of course they care about the education. Sure. <laughs> no, everything is done with the economy in mind. SNP, Conservative, uh, they care about the economy. The education, I'm sure they care about, they're like, it's like a little bonus. So bonus. Right, fair enough. The primary concern is economy. If you can't get the kids to school, the parents can't go back to work if they are remote, if they can't remote work. Um, or they're gonna be less distracted because the kids are away, blah, 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 blah. Um, it just still feels like we're we're trying to go a little bit too quick and we're seeing the infection rate not not going down, and we need to be focusing more on getting it down so that we can actually reopen things safely. Um but we're kind of risking it a wee bit again. Um, but so long as they keep putting out local lockdowns whenever a spike arises, we're kind of, we're still a wee bit safe. Uh, I, I think some of them need to be a bit more stringent. I think we, need, we could do with a bit more patience. And sure, it's impossible. We, we're asking the impossible from them. We, if they go too slow, um, things, things crash and people get bored and people break the rules. If they go too fast, everything tanks and the rate of infection goes up. So there's no right answer. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to complain either way. Don't <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm just glad they don't care about my thoughts. Right. Well, talking of not being able to win either way, police in Greater Manchester have said the same thing. They say they can't win because they're enforcing enhanced coronavirus restrictions and now have the power to break up house parties. Right. Stats from Greater Manchester Police's chief constable found that 126 incidents were covered or attended over the weekend and officers were breaking them up and issuing fines they've now been criticised for breaking up a child's 10th birthday party in the city and issuing a fine but Ian Hopkins said it was not a jelly and ice cream event and was mainly adults celebrating. James is there any one size fits all for for house parties because that does seem to be uh, somewhere and uh, an event where coronavirus is going to spread much more readily. Yeah, I feel like they're not winning here is that people aren't going to like them for cancelling parties. Yeah. And like, boo, who cancels parties? People who care about the coronavirus is who cancels parties. Uh, in my opinion, they're a win. Cancelling parties, absolute win. Keep on cancelling them. I will, give, I will give the police in this instance all the approval they need um, <laughs> because it is a danger. And we're seeing the stats coming out that it is the younger generations that are contributing to the spread of the virus because they are doing more of the parties and they're doing more of the gatherings. This is true. Uh, So clearly, um, trying to control them a bit better is a good idea. So long as these powers are exclusively given to the police within the window of the virus and the end date is when the virus is done. If this is just like a, here's some temporary powers that are never going to get taken away, then I undo all my support. Okay. The police do not need that power 
outside of a pandemic. We are crashing through the hour mark here, so let me just wrap up a couple more stories. Uh, Gavin Williamson is still in a job, James, as the Education Secretary for the UK government. This is despite the fact that, as we reported last week, the English system of uh, handing out A-levels and GCSEs was eventually reversed. So despite the fact that both BJ and uh, Gavin himself said that they would be sticking by the results, which saw 40% of results downgraded. They promised. They eventually uh, repented and U-turned. And so everybody's getting the grades that the teachers assigned them. It's come too late for some pupils who were already rejected from the university courses Mm. they were meant to get into. That's rough. And Mr. Williamson is still in a job. So James, thoughts on this? Oh, it just shows the hypocrisy of the oh, everybody that was shouting for the the heads of the Scottish education system, um, who are now really happy that the, the way things have been done in England. Uh, it's no surprise that because Boris and Co loudly promised something that they've done the opposite. In this instance, I'm quite okay with the opposite because at the end of the day, what is the worst thing that happens if we give too many children good grades? the unis have to deal with a little bit of an issue of having extra people. Wow, what a disaster. Um, Absolutely. So overall, good story. Well done, everybody that got good grades. Uh, Hope you enjoy your uni place. Sorry, everybody who missed it. I hope there's some sort of a process to uh, reapply or find places for people who who have received their rejections. Uh, super efficiently. Those rejections came fast. Um, they did. <laughs> but no, it's just the government mishandling a thing. And, and now um, they've contracted in yet another firm with ties to Cummings and Gove to help with the grading systems in England. Surprise! Just more corruption. Okay, well, let's... Unbelievable. Let's finish the show, James, with a good story. Uh You and I are both broadcasting from the fine city of Glasgow, which has had a long-standing problem with heroin. Mm -hmm. And this story shows that the UK's first full heroin prescribing scheme, which is basically a centre which gives out medical-grade diamorphine to people, has actually seen a massive reduction in crime and homelessness. Mm. Who'd have thunk it, James? Man, who knew that destigmatizing and supporting people with a crippling addiction <laughs> would help them not be criminals? It's mind-blowing. <laughs> Despite the fact that this has been <laughs> a topic of conversation and people have suggested it for a years, literally decades, because Switzerland have been doing it for decades, and other people have said, hey, look, they're doing it, and look, Portugal are doing similar things, let's copy them, Mm. and the UK have said, no, we must throw them in prison. Turns out that actually, when you do pilot this scheme, it works. Unbelievable. It's been working, the the two schemes that they've running, one in Cleveland, one in Glasgow, and they have seen um, very encouraging results, is uh, what we're hearing, what this report is saying in The Independent. Yes. James, uh, and you you kind of covered it there, but that this to me is is great news. But it's just why is it taking so long yeah. to get to this point? Well, it's just the style of government down 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 south. The conservatives down there do not like this stuff. Uh, the Labour who are ever in charge do not like this stuff. So Scotland hasn't been able to pilot these things, even though we've been keen to. We finally got to. It's finally actually proven to be effective. Hopefully this. Keep spreading, and we keep seeing this destigmatization of addiction, so that we can actually support people directly instead of them turning 
uh, to the streets and to be uh, stealing to support their, their habits. Because even if you're a Tory, wait for it, even if you don't want people to be helped because they are people and they deserve help, this is cheaper for the taxpayer. Incredible, isn't it? Wow. <laughs> okay, James, on that note, we have we must end the show. We are way over time. But thank you very much for your time. And thank you, dear listener, for your time and listening. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can do. Please do. Love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, cheers. We'll see you next time, James. Hi. Be well, everyone. I, I swear next time we will have Wi-Fi. Otherwise, I'm going to swear at Vodafone repeatedly. Man, yeah, no. Let's hope so. Okay, bye, James. Bye-bye.